The Fat Boy Show. You're listening to RX Radio and this is The Fat Boy Show. My name is Olive. Now, here on The Fat Boy Show, we normally bring you conversations about different things. Now, this week, I'm sure if you've been following the news, you know that doctors decided to lay down their tools. Why? Doctors under their umbrella body, Uganda Medical Association, have vowed to continue with their industrial action despite meeting with President Museveni. The Uganda Medical Association and Uganda Medical Association Council of Elders held a crisis meeting with President Museveni at State House in Entebbe on Wednesday last week. The meeting, according to both parties, was to resolve doctors' welfare issues so as to hold the ongoing sit-down strike. The president, in a tweet shortly after the meeting, said that he had reiterated the government's commitment to enhancing their salaries and, of course, their welfare. But in a statement dated November 23, 2021, Uganda Medical Association President Dr. Samuel Odong Oledo and Secretary General Dr. Herbert Luswa Water said that they will await implementation of the key items agreed on before calling off the strike. Uganda Medical Association officials also said they did not want promises and meetings. So today on the Fat Boy Show, we decided to have a chat with Dr. Samuel Odong Oledo, the president of Uganda Medical Association. You're welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much. Uh Listeners, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Dr. Dong Samuroledo, president of Uganda Medical Association. You highlighted key issues very well. Yes. But allow me to give also informative information. Actually, I was going to ask you what are some of the key items you say should be implemented before the strike is called off? The word should be is, mm. is demand, is, is uh, authoritative, is... Uh, very catastrophic in its own nature. Okay. But the word is the word that as doctors we are fronting is mm. implementation of the presidential directive and of the pledges which have lasted since 2017. Mm-hmm. Then the directives which were passed also 2020 mm-hmm. in June, and yesterday's directives which were passed by the president. By the way, we had a very fruitful meeting mm. with the founder of Ghana. Mm. And in that meeting, we realized that all ministers were represented. Mm. The president actually wanted to compensate doctors who have died in COVID-19. You know, we've lost very many health workers in the COVID-19 pandemic. And according to the Workman's Compensation Act of 2020, Mm. the doctors who have died, all the health workers who have died during the pandemic, are meant to be compensated. 60 months. Which is equivalent of five years compensation, mm-hmm. and the president had a very good will to make sure that this is attained by the families because these guys, the doctors who died, you find a woman, a female doctor who dies, mm. is a breadwinner in the entire family. Their children have to go back to the villages. Kids mm-hmm. are not getting the basic necessities. Their husbands, presumably, also are struggling. Now, for the husbands who died and left their wives, definitely they've left. They've left a very dangerous environment for their children. That's correct. So we are, we are saying, why can't you compensate these doctors who die while giving a service? Yes, you can compensate on the UPDF. So the, the issue of quotation was mm. uh, the justification of where did they get COVID from? And that was, that was really an insult 
It was an insult to the medical profession. It was salt to the wound. Because they How were did... infected while on the job, right? Exactly. Because it is simple for the Ministry of Finance to clarify where these doctors died from. And because how they were infected. And how they were infected. Because it is simple in a way that the 14, work, the 14 days of intubation of COVID-19 are days that these members in the Ministry of Finance would identify that was this doctor in the 14 days of intubation attached to a, a medical facility. Because before a doctor gets into a hospital, he registers his presence. Mm. There's a biometric system and there's not, there, there are books of registration that every day that one sits in the hospital, his books are recorded. So can you go and see when was the last time this guy in the hospital? And when he was out of hospital at that time, was it crit- was he critically ill? Mm-hmm. It is common sense. So this, this analogy and the hula balu of doctors could have gotten the infection in the bars. Come on, those were closed. For crying out what? For integrity uh, Actually, bars are still quote-unquote closed. Okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> but for integrity issues, it, mm. it is an insult to the lives of those who laid their own existence mm. for the sake of Ugandans to survive. It's a total insult. Your PDF guys are compensated, compensated before they even put to the grave. Mm. Because their cause of death is simple. It's known. They were in Somalia. They died from there. So it, honestly, we cannot say that a doctor who has gotten COVID from the hospital and is going to be compensated, we must find out. Maybe you got it from the market. Please respect integrity of humanity. Mm. We've not even asked for the risk allowance yet because we are entitled. COVID is a pandemic. And in every pandemic situation, definitely there must be a risk allowance for the health workforce. Mm. That is according to the international standards. It is clear. The Minister of Health has failed to declare COVID to be a pandemic. That one is, it is outrageous. It's annoying. It, it, is, it is unacceptable in itself. So, However, we've not gone in that dynamics. I'm still clarifying. Yes. Uh, the, the president was so bitter on the individuals who have failed to implement his directives. Actually, in that same meeting, that's when the president gave us an assurance that because of the kind of work doctors do, starting from as fast as the financial year starts, that is 21st, I mean, uh, 1st of July, doctors will be able to get what they call duty-free vehicles. That is, doctors at the level of medical officer, doctors at the level of medical officer special grade. Then the consultants and the senior consultants, they'll get these vehicles because they're contemporaries in the different ministries, in the, like commissioners, like uh, those in the judiciary, at their own level. Even the army, a major is at the level of a medical officer special grade. Mm. They are given these vehicles. So how different is it for a doctor who's going to save a life, not to be given a vehicle, who is at the same cadre? Secondly, we're asking Ministry of Transport to liaise with, with, with the relevant authorities that when these vehicles are given to doctors, there must be stickers attached to these vehicles for right of way. Mm. If you can give right of way to the judicial system, right of way to commissioners and the rest, what about the doctor who's going to save a mother's life, a person who has got in an accident and needs 10 minutes to reach before? This there's what we call the golden hour in the medical practice. Mm. That in that golden hour you can save a life or a life can go. Now in the golden hour a doctor is stuck in a jam. You know how many times we have to pack our vehicles, jump on the border, then go to hospital? They so must be counted. This, this has been this has been tested by other governments. This has been tested in India. Ghana, Ghana gives us the trophy vehicles. And uh, when when these trophy vehicles are given to doctors. They are not allowed to sell them off. A fine is attached 
whoever gets a duty vehicle from a doctor and purchases it. And these are the, the nitty-gritties which should be put straight. Doctors must have stickers that when he's stuck in a jam, he can fall the same lane of an ambulance. Because an ambulance can pass you and they bring a patient for you to work on, and the ambulance passed you and left you in the jam. Mm. So when a patient reaches the hospital, with the doctor, doctor left in the jam, who is meant to work on who is going to work on that patient who has been referred mm. and you left the doctor in the jam. You get it? So yeah. these issues were key and the president was very bitter on these issues having not been implemented. The salary issues was raised and the pres- actually the president asked Minister of Finance to work with Minister of Health to increase the budget for the consumables. Apparently we have five hundred billion annually put on drugs. And sundries. So, what is the finance ministry saying about all these directives from the president? As usual, the finance minister definitely, as usual, there is no money. Yet, he's always saying the economy of Uganda is going to. So, what? What, what is this? Where is the priority? Mm. We have classified in expenditure in some agencies. UPDF has classified expenditure. You get it. It is unfortunate that right now, after we're fighting terrorism, mm. it is absurd. It is painful as doctors. We really feel pain for the Ugandans for this eventuality. We rebuke it and we speak dangerously against it. It is not human at all. So extra expenditure to the UPDF is understandable. But classified, why don't you give Minister of Health some classified expenditure? Once. And you see what the health sector can achieve. We have only 2.5 billion allocated to Minister of Health. Another 500 billion is going to be allocated. So probably we might try to 3 trillion shillings or 3.1 trillion shillings. So we are saying, if we can get an extra 1 trillion and attach it to health, for sure. Mm. Eh? So issues it, of accommodation, issues mm. of drugs, issues of welfare, issues of transportation, these can be resolved. Let's prioritize. You know, this is life. COVID has taught us a lesson. We have no other place to go for health services other than within the country. COVID taught you MPs a clear lesson. That if you are infected, you must build up a sector in your own country that can tolerate. We have Ugandans in other countries. We have Ugandans in South Africa who are doctors. They've left the country. Yet they're super specialists. They can be employed back in the country. But the situation and the conditions are appalling. So now that you've said that you don't want promises and meetings, how long do you think you're going to carry on with the strike? Um, and and is this really the last resort that uh, the Uganda Medical Association has at the moment? I think you, you, you've quoted me wrongly. We've not said <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want meetings, no. But promises, yes, we want promises that can be implemented. Mm. You understand? We want promises attached with time frame. We have promises. Actually, our request is simple. Out of the seven promises that uh, the, the directives of the president, mm. can't we get two or three out of the seven? Should we wait for all of them in the financial year? Does it make sense? Mm. Because we've waited since 2017. We do not want all the seven. No. We understand the state of our country right now. The, the economy is down. We know. Mm. We understand. But, but you but want something you to be done. Yes. Can't you reserve and make sure that at least out of the seven issues, before the financial year next year, you can implement one, two, three issues. Okay, now... So what can't it be done? Now, some of your grievances are to have intern doctor salaries increased uh, from 750,000 shillings to 2.5 million shillings. But is this practical? Because several sectors have interns working entirely on commission and in some, like journalism, nothing at all. Please, let me clarify this. Okay. 
uh, in terms work on life, okay. saving lives. So this that you hear, the 2.5, mm. is an allowance to help them move to the hospitals where they are. I'll give an example. Mm. An intern is attached in Chirudu, he sleeps mm. in Kawempo. Mm. Is he going to walk on the foot up to Chirudu? To go save a life. Exactly. What mm. will he use? So now, where is staying? Mm. Where will he get the money to get the rent? It's no longer a student, remember. This mm. is a practicing medical personnel. Actually, I'll, maybe... I'll uh, Let me first finish. Let no, me no, finish. I was going to ask you to clarify who an intern is for our listeners. I mean... An intern is a qualified medical practitioner under supervision for one year for skills acquisition and mentorship. He's no longer a student for mm. crying out loud. Okay. The interns you're talking about in journalism, those are students. Mm. Actually, the first employment of an intern is internship, whereby he does procedures under supervision of the senior medical officers there, consultants there, and different ward uh, nurses who are in charge. So, is under training. What we call a pretension is under training. It's mm. only qualified. So, we cannot say the rule of every industry. No, 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 no. <laughs> In medical, these guys are saving their life mm. and they're giving a service. Okay. They, are not, they are not meant to be given a service. According to the Public Service uh, Act, in terms in the 1990s, the late 1990s, they were actually given contracts. They were given appointment letters. Mm. Even even the SHOs, the senior house officers, those doctors under master's training, they were given appointment letters. And in appointment letters, the allowances was clearly made and was stipulated. The benefits were put in that appointment letter. Along the way, the appointment letter disappeared. I think uh, people thought of trying to suppress the system. Mm. But what we are saying is, Let's have clear dialogue on these issues. Mm. Let's go back to clear stipulated rules that an intern on coming on coming for internship, he has clear appointment letter indicating his responsibilities and the benefits. Same with a senior house officer who is meant to be at the level of a senior medical officer because a senior house officer is a person doing masters in the medical discipline. So, and they're attached in the government hospitals, they sleep in the hospitals, they eat in hospitals, and others even have their families in the hospital. Mm. So these guys practically are with patients 24-7. They live so and breathe the hospital. Yes, thank you. Why don't you pay them as a senior medical officer? Okay, let's pay them as medical officers, honestly. Because they're already medical officers. for going out loud. So why do you pay them an allowance below? A medical officer, it doesn't make sense. When tomorrow they're going to get done and they'll supervise the medical officers, it doesn't make sense. And they'll supervise them, it doesn't make sense. We are saying streamline the system. And actually, it comes to the issue of employment. The president promised yesterday that all in terms of finishing, because we have 554 gaps for medical officers just in health center falls and district hospitals. 554 unoccupied spaces. Yet we have 1,113 doctors who are not employed. Can you believe that? Whoa, that's and quite yet a we are saying, And yet we are saying the, uh, the, the patient uh, doctor ratio is still high. So the president categorically made it clear yesterday that please, even when you employ the 2,000 doctors, when you add the, the extra 500 interns who are getting done and the SHOs, you got about 1,900. If you employ, if you employ the 1,900 doctors still, the gaps will be there. So he passed the directive. was like, Please, every doctor on completion should be employed. So our question is, where is public service to, employ, to implement this? There are things which we call low-hanging fruits in the presidential directive. Mm. For example, if we got all doctors employed, if we got, for example, means of transportation, 
for sure. Why would we put the government on task? We wouldn't. We know the government which has been promising us all along and started to act. Our biggest challenge is promises Acting. have been made mm. and not being implemented. That's and, why we have a challenge. And all you need is government to start not only making the policies and promises, but to start acting, even if they will act on one or two, three things. You've spoken my heart out. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Oledo. It was uh, enlightening talking to you. And I really hope that the Uganda Medical Association gets what it deserves and what it is demanding for. Thank you so much. So this is day three. Day, day, I think this is day four. Mm. Destruction. So we are still going on. We are sure, for sure. Ugandans, I'm begging Ugandans to stand with us because if a doctor is not well, if a doctor is not available, if a doctor is pushed to the push to the wall how will he give a service that is necessary we do not want to be harmful to our patients no i hear you and actually uh, our patients our patients have been harmful to us that we've gotten infected from them but we are not complaining it is what we chose to do but we also have to be protected I even when we are being because now we are saying ppes are not there we are saying what we are tired of telling mothers please go and buy switches and we work on you how do you tell someone who has come at two in the night mm. to go and buy gloves? Honestly, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. So now we are saying no. Improve the working conditions. Increase the, the, the funding to the to, to the drugs and supplies. So that when we go to hospital, I do not tell a patient, please go and buy this, buy that. No. And increase the number of doctors. So that when you go to health center three, which is meant, I mean, a center four, which is meant to have at least three medical officers. There, you find only one medical officer, one doctor in the facility. How can that? So, where, where, if that doctor is sick, who is governing for him? If that doctor has to take leave, who is there? You get it. So, you keep on saying doctors are not there. But when the numbers of doctors employed is very meager, how can a service be delivered? Honestly. Yes, so, I, Uganda, he, I hear you, doctor. Stand with doctors, stand with doctors in this instruction. Mm. It's not an affair of doctors benefiting. No, it's an affair of let's improve the health sector together. All right. And All we right. have the will of the president on this. All right. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. I hope to talk to you again when some of these things have started being implemented. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Later. Tech, games, sports, politics, jobs, money, relationships, movies, music, and entertainment. All the cool things in life. Life. We're listening to The Fat Boy Show.